Can you talk? Thank you for joining episode eight of the How Do I Get That Job podcast. My name is Tyler Cutterback. Thank you for joining us once again. I am here with Reggie Delaney of Panthro Fitness. Reggie, do you mind introducing yourself real quick? Yeah, as Tyler said, I'm Reggie Delaney. I'm the owner of uh, Panthro Fitness, a fitness studio in Pittsburgh in the Strip District. In the Strip District, awesome, yeah. Uh, do you have any other locations or is it just here in Pittsburgh? Just here in Pittsburgh right now. Okay, great. I remember last time we talked, we were talking about maybe doing something in like Cleveland or Columbus. or Yeah, in, in Columbus. I'm kind of uh, messing around with a different concept out there. Okay. Um, so it's it's starting to take shape. You know, it's kind of in the uh, preliminary is the mind process right now, figuring out what's going to work. Nice, nice. All right. So are you a Pittsburgh native and you're expanding out to Ohio or are you going back home? I'm actually from Columbus. You know, awesome. so I, I lived in Columbus, uh, went to school at Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Let me correct that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, moved to Pittsburgh after I graduated. I, I had a mechanical engineering degree. No um, kidding. Correct. Yeah. So I, I worked with Westinghouse for 15 years. And after that, you know, I, I kind of, my career in fitness kind of started towards the end of Westinghouse, you know. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of rediscovered what I really want to do when I grow up. You that's know? amazing. Yeah, so <laughs> that's that's kind of how things, start, you know, took shape and how yeah. I got to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about the Ohio State <laughs> University. You were mechanical engineering, is that what you Correct. just said? yeah. How'd you get into that? What kind of student were you in high school? Well, it, it it's interesting. So I was really, I was good at math, sciences. I really had no clue what I wanted to be or, you know, what what kind of profession, you know, I should get into. Okay. Um, I think really people told me what I should do based on what I was perceived to be good at. Yep. I say perceived because... You know, I I was okay. I wasn't passionate about it. It was just mm -hmm. like, it, I just, my mind just worked that way. And so somebody took me to the library one time and showed me all these different professions. I think of somebody from the church. And it was like, I think mechanical engineering might be what you would be good at. And that's what I ended up doing, pursuing in, in school was mechanical engineering. No kidding. So that's okay. And that's incredible because there's so many students that are listening to this podcast and honestly, so many parents that don't necessarily know what jobs are out there. They just know, hey, you might be good at science. Maybe this is a job that pays well. It kind of sounds like that's kind of what you fell into. It was a don't go to college and get a, a degree that's not going to pay you something. Yeah, I know where that comes from. <laughs> so, I've been there. So that that's now times are different now. You know, I'm sure we want to get deeper into this type of, mm -hmm. you know, this was in the 90s. Okay. So education didn't cost as much as it costs now. Okay. At Ohio State, now I had a scholarship, but. And that was a merit-based scholarship? You got yes, because of grades and it stuff? It was grades. Okay. Now, now, I didn't live on campus. I commuted because I'm, I'm from Columbus. Okay. So it was an easy thing. But I remember my tuition, and this is when Columbus was on quarters. They weren't on semesters. Hmm. Um it was like $1,100 a quarter. It's very wow. different now. Right. So you could almost, I'm not saying that you would want to just kind of feel your way through, but at that type of rate, you could 
almost kind of figure it out as you go. Yeah. Nowadays, that price is different. Yeah. <laughs> and because of the because of that, colleges have started to move towards a hey, as long as you know what you want to do by the end of your sophomore year, you're okay. We'll let you graduate. You'll be on the right path. But those first two years, so many students are just completely lost. So you started off in science, and then you kept going through that whole STEM field, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, mm -hmm. and then you started working at Westinghouse. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about that, that transition from college to you know Westinghouse and kind of why you chose them or if they chose you, maybe that mm -hmm. might, you know, sometimes that happens too. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of why I chose Westinghouse was because of where it was at. Uh, at the time, my my girlfriend but is now my wife um, oh, wow. she was working at ppg how long have you guys been together for oh man see I'm about 23 years now wow right congratulations <laughs> yeah thanks man thanks yeah so um so she was living out and i would come out here to pittsburgh to see her okay. while i was still at ohio state and i would see westinghouse i was like you know i'm gonna work there and i just kind of said that and when you say things they tend to happen so okay. um, so that's one of the reasons i chose it and it was at the time it was a good company they had a lot of different opportunities there was a wide variety of things that i could get into um it was kind of uh, starting to grow again it had it had kind of collapsed but then it, it was kind of rejuvenating mm -hmm. so there it was there was a lot of interesting things that they wanted some younger people to get into at that time so it, it, it made sense for me to do. So what did you do with them? So when I first came, um, I was doing some design work. You know? Okay. Um, I was designing long-handled tooling that would go into the nuclear reactor and remove bolts, remove... All nuclear the, reactor? Yeah, it was... It was um, so with... Not to get too much into the technology <laughs> of, of uh, like a nuclear power plant, you can't really get close to obviously the core of the, the reactor mm -hmm. so you have to have tools that are like 30 feet long you have cameras that are attached to them so it's a little more complicated than just having a screwdriver interesting right, so there's special types of tools that you need to do certain things so there's there's always something new that happens that you have to create tooling for so that's kind of what i was doing at first was creating that type of tooling then I got into more project management type stuff. Okay. I'm after my design stuff. So, um, so it was like a promotion. Um, project management, and, and that's how a lot of people look at it, but project management doesn't necessarily mean a promotion. Okay. I think, um, tech, technical skill is undervalued right now. I think. What do you mean? I, I think that a lot of people want to be in a project management role because they feel like that's a leadership role when in actuality, if you don't have anybody to lead, if you don't have anybody with the technical skill, then things aren't going to get done. You can't okay. have just a whole bunch of project managers. People we people need to have that technical know-how and want to do technical stuff and get compensated for it. You know, I think a lot of times it was kind of driven that uh, once you, you you need to get in the project manager lane mm -hmm. in order to kind of make the money that you you want to make and to expand and grow but what's going to happen to the industry you know if, if that keeps happening 
See, and that's interesting because so many people are going into the STEM field right now because it pays well. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, yeah, you can start off in STEM, but then people want to make more by going into project management. Yeah. that That's incredible. That was the track. Now, I, I think that since I first started, I mm-hmm. think it's it changed a little bit. Even Even while I was working there, I saw some transition where they did start to see, you know, oh man, we have been putting a big emphasis on getting your your PM1, PM2, which is project manager qualification certifications. Okay. And it makes it look like we don't value technical skill. You know? Interesting. So I, I think that while I was even working, some of that started to shift. So let's just talk about Westinghouse for a second because when I hear Westinghouse, I think of two things. I think of historical beginnings when it was like Tesla versus Edison and JP Morgan versus Westinghouse mm-hmm. and that whole thing. And then I think about literally the, oh, not that TV, yeah, but the right. TV I have yeah, in my yeah. other room, that's a Westinghouse TV. Yeah. So when I hear Westinghouse and nuclear reactor, I'm like, how, where does that come in? Right, right, so right. can you just talk a little bit about Westinghouse and, and maybe you can't talk about the way that it's going now, but mm-hmm. definitely while you were there. Okay, so a lot of what you saw, Westinghouse was involved in a lot of stuff from TVs to elevators to nuclear industry. Okay. You know, um, they sold off a lot of those businesses, but people still kept the name Westinghouse. So that's why you'll still see TVs with Westinghouse on it, although it's really not a Westinghouse. So it's more brand. of a brand then. Right. It's just brand recognition. Okay. So people recognize the name. They've been buying a Westinghouse for 20 years, so they stay buying Westinghouse. They stay loyal to the okay. brand. So um, the real core of Westinghouse is the nuclear part now. That's that's what was, remains of Westinghouse. Interesting. Now, it's been bought, sold probably three or four times, you know, since I started. Okay. CBS, the, the broadcasting. Yeah. They actually owned it when I first started. No kidding. Then. What were uh, they doing with nuclear power? I think it was just simply an investment. They okay. just kind of wanted it to spin off cash and okay. just make money. And they kind of, I don't know. I, I, I think the perception was they kind of just ran it into the ground. And, you know, once they, they got what they wanted out of it, they, they sold it off. That was the perception. Okay. I can't say that that's the truth. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, Fair. Uh, <laughs> then um, British Nuclear nuclear Fuel and Morrison Knudsen, two companies um, at a joint venture. And they bought it. And then, I think it was Toshiba. Wow. bought it. Okay. Yep. And then after that, uh, I kind of left after that. I think it was, I feel like it was General Electric. Somebody else purchased it. And I don't remember who. Maybe. I I don't remember. But there's been some some transitions of that core nuclear part of Westinghouse. Wow. You wouldn't think that not being from the inside of the industry or not even really knowing about Westinghouse, like I said, you think of either the historical side of it of like the money making finance side, or you think of like, oh, they make TVs and computers and stuff now. Right. No, no, that's that's that has been long gone. I, wow. And you know, I've been out of Westinghouse now for about six, seven years. So it was maybe twenty years that I when I started there. Mm-hmm. And they weren't even making anything like that then. 
So I'm not quite sure when all that stuff got sold off. Wow. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you you were at Westinghouse for 20 years. You were a mechanical engineer, project manager. Now you own a fitness studio. Right. One, how do you make that transition Mm -hmm. from mechanical engineer to personal trainer, fitness instructor, entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. Like, where did that even start? Yeah. I think it started very early. Actually, I think uh, I know is no think. My dad kind of planted it in my head very early in my career, very early when I was growing up. Always have something else that you can do. Don't depend on a job. You know, their job is to make money, not to feed you. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's not wrong. It's a totally truthful way to look at it, but it's interesting to hear it. It's always like, look, you need to have something on your own. Be able to have a skill something that you can do for yourself. And I really, and I, I watched my dad, you know, in the eighties, they went through uh, a lot of layoffs, you know, so he had- Where did he work? My dad worked for Rockwell International. So it was during, you know, the aerospace boom, but oh. that aerospace dropped off pretty rapidly. Okay. So, you know, they were building the Boeing and, and, and air, you know, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden that stuff got cut. So it left a ton of people out of work, okay. you know, and he was a sheet metal worker. And so there really weren't many other jobs. He did some HVAC work. HVAC, for anybody who doesn't know, is heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I, in, in the engineering world, like acronyms like that are like, <laughs> <laughs> like your second language. So, um, but yeah, so he was always getting laid off and it, his, his work was so up and down. But he always had something else. I remember him having a um, a lawn care service, a battery charging service, where he would actually go to your house and charge your battery, or take your take your battery, like your car battery, car battery. Yeah, he did some auto mechanic, auto detailing, you know. And I would always be the one holding the flashlight, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember our first, my first experience with him being an entrepreneur was a lawn service okay and we went to this lady's house it was hot i remember it being it it had to be 90 degrees at least and it was crazy humid i might have been 10 maybe okay so we cut this lady's grass we she had a fence we're pulling weeds out of the fence they had kind of woven their way into the into the fence Mm mm-hmm there were thorns in them. I mean, it was it was a miserable experience, but her yard looked fantastic after we finished. So dad, he went to the door to get paid and she was like, so how much do I owe you? And this is the first mistake. He said, however much you think I should get. And, Interesting. and so she was like, okay. Um, so she gave him some money. He's like, there's a little extra in there for you. So he walks, he walks out and he didn't look at the money. So we get into the car and he looks seven dollars. No, seven bucks. And this was like what the eighties? Eighties. Still, that's not a lot. Seven bucks, and he was like, "I'm never doing that again." So that was grand opening and grand closing same day. Wow! But he didn't stop, so he he quit that and he did some other things, but. As far as how did I get from mechanical engineering to entrepreneurship, yeah. I think from those experiences, 
seeing my dad hustle, seeing all the things that that you know happened to him when he was working a job, mm-hmm. and in the back of my mind that always kind of played, you know, like yeah, I do have an, a college education, so things are a little different for me, maybe, but I always felt like one, I need to have something where if something were to happen with my job that I can make money on my own. Mm-hmm. And two, I wasn't 100% sold that I was supposed to be a mechanical engineer to begin with. So it always left me searching for something. Interesting. You know? So that's how I got into fitness. Okay. So for anybody that's not looking at the video portion of this <laughs> that's going up in a couple of weeks, Reggie's a big dude. Like, <laughs> gonna say what six three two ten uh six foot two about two ten okay yeah. all muscle <laughs> like <laughs> first time i met him was probably two years ago at this point yeah you, wow you, you came up to the front door of the apartment building i was living in and i was just like oh man <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was bringing you in because you won't, you were a personal trainer and mm-hmm. you had made a name for yourself mm-hmm. at, at least on an online sense mm-hmm. that i was able to find you see that you had some good reviews see that the customers were speaking well of you and and mm-hmm. then i brought you on so can you talk a little bit about those early years of going from mechanical engineer now i want to be an entrepreneur i want to do my own thing to having enough of a presence online that you are marketable. Right. And let's go back. So this is before the like advertising got to the point where it, where it is now. Advertising is crazy on the internet right now. Okay. Facebook wasn't a, really a thing. Not okay. to advertise on. Google, AdWords, all that stuff really didn't exist. Okay. So it was all about consistency. And blog posts, you know, kind of just grinding it out, getting your interesting, you know, and um, so can you elaborate on blog posts a little bit? Yeah, so the way that it was, the way that Google Analytics used to work was it it wanted to see activity on your website that you were constantly updating it and providing content that was pertinent to whatever you were on google for it still is okay so that's the struggle i'm having with right now (laughs) yeah yeah so in order to do that i I was i was writing constantly you know um about what all kinds of issues that i would see in the fitness industry you know what what clients would come to me about questions that they would have um and i would answer those questions in in some type of a post okay um and google would then you know it kind of you would get rewarded you Mm -hmm. get boosted up um, back then there wasn't a lot of competition in the fitness industry. So I was, I ended up getting boosted quite a bit and I've been around for a while. So I started getting reviews, the reviews plus the content, which a lot of people struggle to, to get is content and write for themselves, original content. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people in the industry are probably buying content, but Google is not stupid. knows when plagiarism happens it knows it knows it knows so if if it's not original content you're you're going to get smacked that's how i kind of started to get a presence you know it just took you know a couple years of accumulating content and 
reviews and just kind of just like anything, nothing happens overnight. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have to slowly build your reputation and service people and do a good job at it, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually things will take note. People will take notice. Things will happen if you're good, if you if you do a good job at, at, at delivering what you say you're going to deliver yeah. and over deliver if you can't. So you found that you could create blog posts to get traction, to create, you know, not just buzz around your business, but also answer questions for people that needed those questions answered. Now, to me, as somebody that does their business almost 100% digitally, that's like, oh, great. He's creating an online business. I know for a fact you have a building in the Strip District. It's a brick and mortar place that people come to to use as their gym to they work with other people within that. Uh, it's not just you. There's other organizations within that building. And right. I think that's a really cool service that you provide. Right. Can you talk a little bit about you know creating a brick and mortar business? Yeah. Brick and mortar is tough, man. Because you you, you have to, you know, you, you got a lease to pay. You got all these bills that are just associated with a building before anything even happens overhead yes all this stuff that that you got to take care of so the way i started i started out in somebody else's brick and mortar okay first and built up some clientele so that i didn't have to move into brick and mortar and start from zero so i already had you know i didn't have a ton of clients but i had something i was working with so i had some level of income and at that time, I actually had two locations. I had another location in Murraysville. So, you know, that location enabled me to pay for the new location okay. that was in the Strip District. So I, and I did have a handful of clients that... For anybody was, that's not familiar with Pittsburgh geography, Murraysville is about 25, 30 minutes east of the city. Yeah. Yeah. On and Strip day. District <laughs> is like Pittsburgh proper. It's mm-hmm. not quite downtown, but it's as close as you can get without being downtown. Right. I could kind of balance, do a balancing act with that mm-hmm. and, and just get me a little, get myself a little bit of traction without starting in such a hole and, and being so desperate, you know, to grab clients. That I had to drop my prices ridiculously or, and, and set a bad tone. You okay. Know, you don't want, I, you don't want to be known as the cheapest guy on the block. Interesting. <laughs> Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because, you know, yeah. I hear like, oh, cheap. That's like the Walmart. That's Costco. That's like mm-hmm. you go for cheap. That makes a big business for you. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that's not the way to go. It depends. I, that's not how I wanted to go. Okay. Um, I think um, I wanted to deliver a service that people really appreciated and really understood the value and what they were getting. Okay. So when you go cheap, people, you know, one, you're going to get a lot of people that are probably going to nickel and dime you and nitpick you anyway. Okay. Because they are just price shopping. They don't care what kind of service you really deliver. They just want a cheap price. They don't care about you. They don't care about the community. What I want is people that are really vested into doing what they were coming to do. Okay. You know, I want people to show up. I want people to change. I want them to take advantage of all the services it's not a there's a lot of models out there gyms that have a super cheap buy-in because they know you're not going to go because you're not going to fill that auto draft and and that's not the model that i wanted 
So you really want to help people improve their fitness and improve Absolutely. themselves versus just getting the money off the six month gym membership. To me, that's called, that's what I'm in the business for. I'm, I, yeah, of course, you always want first thing. You're always in business to make money. Yeah, okay? of course. It's not a charity. Yep. But two, you should have a passion about what you're doing and and really want to help people. You know, most yeah. most good businesses, successful entrepreneurs, successful business owners. Are in it because they're helping somebody else, and that's usually where it starts from a heart to help somebody. Yeah, and um, so that's you know the same reason that you do what you do. Yeah, you saw you saw a need, you saw when I can really help somebody. Yep, and that's why you you take you've taken the time to do this. Yep, that's why I do the podcast. That's why I do YouTube videos because those are free resources that people can use to improve their college search to improve their way of looking at the world. And sure, I have the high priced, I will work directly with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 1500 a year. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you want to pay me two grand for me to do, you know, college tours for you and things like that, I will totally do that. But at the end of the day, I just want to see people have a better life and have what I do be a part of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, the fulfillment that you get from changing somebody's life and when the light bulb comes on for them, yeah. you you can't, like I, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it because I have some, some specific people in mind mm -hmm. that just recently, I've been doing this for so coming up on 15 years and I still get people that are like, I couldn't do without this place. I need this place. And it's like when you when you hear stuff like that, one, the money for them isn't a factor. You know, it's like, I can't go without it. Because it's a lifestyle now. It's their life. It's their yeah. medicine. It's whatever whatever it is that makes them feel like they can't do without it. You have provided that. You know, and... It's incredible. It is. It is. It's, it's, it, and, and think that it didn't exist. It was something that you literally created. And you came up with it, you know, through your mind. And for me... Is that you know my spirit leads me and, and God leads me to to create and to envision what I think you know I, I want and 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 then to be able to manifest it is so crazy. I look back at some of the notes that I used to write, you know, maybe ten, twelve years ago, and maybe didn't look at them again. But I, I recently refined them. I'm like, I'm doing this. <laughs> like I can't. I'm actually doing this. Like that's awesome. <laughs> As somebody that's just like trying to build something based off a dream, mm -hmm. to hear that 5, 10, 15 years down the road, you're looking back at things that you wrote and just go, oh yeah, I crossed <laughs> that one off the list, I crossed that one off the list. Yeah. This is, that's incredible, that's, that's heartwarming for somebody like me to hear, but for a, a student, they're making that list right now. Absolutely. So they're looking at going into athletic training or physical therapy or, uh, you know, just exercise science or something to get that degree behind them mm -hmm. before they become a personal trainer. One, how important is it now to have that degree? And two, for somebody that's just starting off, what's your biggest piece of advice? I think I'm going to answer those questions in reverse. Okay. I think somebody just starting out, you need to know who you are. I think um, what happened with me is I had a lot of people telling me who I was and 
I didn't, and you're not going to believe it because you don't understand. Like they see something and you're like, I don't, I don't necessarily like this, but it's mom told me that I should do it. So she, she's not going to steer me wrong. Because it's mom. Yeah, mom's not going to, but mom's just doing what she thinks she knows best. But mom doesn't necessarily know your heart all the way. Yeah. You're the only one that truly knows that. And you have to do personal inventory and figure it out. It is not easy all the time. I'm like getting chills right now hearing you say <laughs> that because there's there's a sentence that I say. It's almost like a catchphrase to students that I work with that have this kind of situation. Well-intentioned doesn't mean well-informed. That's right. You know, your mom, your parents, your grandparents, whoever's taking care of you, they want the best for you. Doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. No, absolutely. And you're right. It, it, I'm not saying that they, they're, they're doing, and sometimes they might hit it dead on, you mm-hmm. know? It happens. It does happen. Um, but most of the time, it's like, look, I just want you to make a good living. And I want you to do the things that you need to do to raise a family. And, and basically... What they're trying to give you is either the life that they live or the life that they couldn't live and they want you to live it. <laughs> <laughs> I just put out a blog post about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to send that to you now. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, and you don't want to feel, you're going to, if you do that, you're going to constantly feel torn. You're going to constantly feel like things are pulling at you because it's not going to fit right. Okay. The shoe might look good, but your feet are feeling like they're going to bust out of them or they're going to, they're going to be cramped. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Look good on the outside. But man, not it's not right. Yeah. yeah. And you, you're just going to be, and it's what's, what was happening with me with Westinghouse. I was bouncing all over the place. You know, my, my performance wasn't that great. I didn't feel smart. I because well, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I I was trying to figure it out, man. I was there. I graduated, you know, with a mechanical engineering degree, right? So I had convinced myself that I wanted to climb the ranks, you know. That that's the idea. It's like, all right, I want to get in here, start making an impact, and I want to eventually be like a VP or something like that. You okay. know, that's that was my dream. Um, I I had told my mother back when I was probably like eight years old, I'm going to be a CEO. You know, I told Interesting. her that, you know. Um, so it sounds like you weren't even really looking at, you had the mechanical engineering degree, you had the mechanical engineering job, but the goal was always leadership. Always. Interesting. Always, always leadership. But, and still is. And yeah. I am living it. But it just doesn't look like what I thought leadership looked like. Okay. It was what people were telling me leadership looked like, what I saw on TV, what, you know, I might have thought in my, you know, small scope of my mind at the time of what a leader looks like. But then once you actually start to understand what true leadership is and, um, and how it's developed over time, then you start to really get a grasp of, you know, I need to know who I am in order to be a good leader. You know, I can't, I can't be out here, you know, not being true to myself, but want others to be true to themselves as I'm leading them. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's, 
there's a lot of things that go into just the leadership part of it. I kind of want to change directions a little okay. bit now uh, and just talk about, you know, I guess going back to the original question, because we tangented yeah, a little no, bit here. Yeah. Um, for somebody that is looking to get into this industry, right? Mm -hmm. They're probably looking at exercise science, physical therapy, athletic training, you know, bio, biochemist majors in colleges, but they may not know what the next step is. You know, are there any certifications that you had to get to get into this business? Obviously, you didn't have that medical background, quote unquote. And for anybody that's not looking at this mm -hmm. and listening to it, There's I'm doing air quotes going on. All, <laughs> all kinds of air quotes uh, when I say medical background, but. Uh, you know, you didn't have that life science background. You had a mechanical engineering background, which is still science, but it's very different. Um, you know, how did you make that transition? You know, was it just, look, I know how to make fitness happen. I know how to, you know, instill motivation into other people. Or did you have to get like A, B, and C certifications before you could open your business and start selling your service? Um, I didn't have to get anything. Interesting. Okay. You know, um, and that's in Pittsburgh. I think there may be in other states, it may be that you have to have license, a license or a degree or something, but not in Pittsburgh. Okay. So anybody can open a studio. Now, um, I was really self-taught. You know, I, I, I experienced a lot of things in the gym. I read a lot. Um, I was a big, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Olympia. So I'm kind of old school in some of my lifting techniques. Okay. Um, I've, I haven't totally gotten away from some of the old school things because I think that they're, they're solid. You know, you can't, you can't deny that some of the older bodybuilders knew how to lift weights. They, they knew how to define their bodies and get the most out of their bodies. Now, there's a lot of new things that are out there that are important to understand to incorporate with some of that stuff. So yeah, it's not just straight bodybuilding workouts that I'm doing, but um, for somebody who is just starting out, I think experimenting, experimenting with different techniques, experimenting with your own body, reading a lot. You shouldn't, you shouldn't rely on school to teach you everything. Okay. You know, and I like to bring up a lot of things about like mentorship and apprenticeship and things like that. Is that what you're alluding to? Or, or are you talking more about being self-taught? Both. Like you do need, there is, I, I, I try to read three to four books a month. Interesting. You know, I, I constantly am trying to teach myself stuff. Now, are these like leadership books? Or are you talking about like anatomy and physiology They're, textbooks? No, no, I, I really didn't get into a whole bunch of textbooks. That was boring. That was all theoretical stuff. And as okay. an engineer, I know that theory and real life rarely match up. You know, interesting. Like, so, okay. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. That, but how about those are the theory is based on things where you hold a lot of variables still that when you get into real life, these variables are, they exist and they're very real and they change the outcome. So when you are like doing everything based on theory, you can find yourself pretty frustrated wondering why something's not working because you held all these variables constant that shouldn't have been. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you have to kind of just get your hands dirty. And that's yeah. where that mentorship, that's where, you know, getting a internship somewhere. You know, um, and just learning, watching, working on yourself, 
you know, experimenting with some things. And that's where you start to get a greater understanding of the truth mm-hmm. of, of what works, what doesn't work, and how individuals are called individuals for a reason. Everybody's unique. Yeah. You know, especially when you're talking about fitness and changing somebody's body. You talk about a whole set of circumstances that you have no clue um, what's going on in their home, what they're really eating, what their genetics are like. All of these are factors. So we're way past our 30 minute mark here. I'm sorry. No, no, (laughs) I'm very like I love things like this that go on, but I do want to respect your time because, I mean, you drove all the way out here to see me and, and be on the podcast, so I really appreciate that. I want to make sure that you get on to the rest of your day. Yeah. So I want to ask you one more question, uh-huh. and then I finish it off with, like, words of wisdom. Right. All right, so the last question I want to ask you, you're a business owner now. Mm-hmm. You have other trainers that work underneath you mm-hmm. that are even running your practice in your absence while you're trying to get other business prospects up and running. Mm -hmm. As somebody that hires somebody, what are you looking for? As a personal trainer, as somebody that's going to run your business for you or even just have good skills and good, I'm trying to think of the right term, but just be a good trainer that will bring in more business for you. Right. I think that something that's overlooked in this industry, you got to be a good person. Okay. Like I don't care how much how much you know technically, if you don't, if people don't detect that you care about them, or if they don't like you, if you're abrasive, I don't care how much technical skill you have, it's not going to come through, and people are not going to embrace what you're trying to teach them, and you're going to lose clients, and you'll eventually be fired because <laughs> that's one of the things that you know. It takes, it costs a lot of money to capture a client. There's a lot of marketing behind it, you know, like Google AdWords and all that stuff. That's not cheap. Mm-hmm. So it costs a used lot of money. Used to be. Money. Yeah, it used to be, <laughs> but it's not anymore. So it costs a lot of money to bring somebody in the door. So you're, the expectation is that you do the right things to retain them. Okay. And if they're constantly leaking and it's on your time, then guess who's got to go? So, <laughs> so the first thing is make sure you're in it for the right reasons, and that and that should take care of the personality issues. What do you mean by the right reasons? If you're in it for them and to improve them, not the client, to, yes, not to boost your ego because of the results that they got. And that's another thing that I see a lot of um, personal trainers. They love to plaster their clients all over everything and say working on our system, this person lost this. And basically, a lot of times, it's in a heart of, look at what I did. Okay. Look at look at how good I am. As opposed to, yeah, that client might have been with you for, I don't know, an hour, um, four days a week, if that. They had to go home and prep those meals. They had to make sure that they came in the gym ready to work, worked hard. They had to make sure that their stress level was at an appropriate place so they weren't getting cortisol levels that that diminished their results. They had the meal prep. You weren't doing that. You gave them some advice. They just took it. They were willing to absorb it. And I always like to deflect that and, and to show them love. Like, man, I'm always still amazed when people get results because I'm like, man, 
it really works. Like, cause it, it on the end of it, it's so case by case. It's like, man, I got through. It, it happened, and you did it. You did it. That's a struggle that <laughs> I personally have because there's the educator side of me, right? That just mm -hmm. wants to do, like you said, give the people the resources and the tools that they need for them to be successful. They're the ones doing the hard work, right? But there's also like, hey, I run my own business. I need to be a little bit of a salesman and kind of like perpetuate this a little bit. So mm -hmm. you definitely err more on the educational side, less on the sales side is what I'm hearing. It, it, I tell you what, man, when you make people feel good, they can't stop running their mouth about you. Interesting. So you kind of come off of, you know, buzz and word of mouth and things like that. It, how I, I'll put it this way. If I'm telling you. I have a great product. You know I developed the product. You know that I have probably a lot of um, interest in you buying my product. Mm -hmm. If somebody else that you might have been friends with can't stop raving about my product, who are you going to be more inclined to buy to to come Listen see to me? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah. You know, so it's it's gonna it's better for you to love on that client, show them the most respect and honor that you possibly can they are going to sell you more than you can sell you and that is true and i can speak to this that is true <laughs> of any industry you go in whether it is personal training or education or just straight up sales and you're selling a product so let's let's wrap this up because that's a great place i want to end on yeah. um last words of advice you know this is for the next generation of students that are coming out of school, whether it's high school, college, whatever. Maybe they started off in a, a career that they just aren't happy with and they say, hey, I have this skill of personal training. I can do great things with fitness. What is a piece of advice you wish you got from somebody when you were started? I say, listen to your heart. You know, don't don't think about what somebody else is going to think or hurting somebody else's feelings or People aren't going to understand because what you see yourself as may not be what they see you as being. And they think it's less than, they might think it's less than or a compromise. But if you feel it, if you know, like, this is what you're going to be successful, you will, and you will exceed anybody's expectation, including your own. So that's it. Well, thanks so much, Rick. Yeah, I appreciate you All being right. on the podcast. I appreciate your time. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug? Any you know uh, promotions that you're doing? Any uh, events? What we have at Panthro, um, we just added a bunch of new classes, bunch of fun stuff. We have a uh, bunch of different type of weightlifting classes, different types of uh, metabolic or cardio type of classes, flexibility, mobility classes, um, and right now we're doing a deal, and it's right there on my website where you can um, get 10 classes just to try it out for 75 bucks. Awesome. The yeah. link to that will be in the description of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and as well as, you know, any Facebook, Instagram, any other links that you have, I'll definitely put those down there for people to be able to see what you're doing and, and to be able to, you know, hire you out for some services. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, sir. Oh, man, thank you. Absolutely. It has been anytime. All right.